welcome to The Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's insta-husband. <laughs> Together, we run a social media company called Ella Mazor Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. Today I am joined with Matt from Vaughan Davies Finance. He is actually one of my clients and he helps quite a lot of my clients as well with all of their accounting and finance things, which I am not very savvy on. I've actually had one of you message me say that you would really like some advice for all things small business, how to set up your accounting and finances, how to save money and help with cash flow. So this episode today, Matt will give you all of those tips. He's given me some really good advice, even just with getting some plugins for Xero and what apps I should use for automating different parts of my business. So he has lots of tips and I'm sure you guys will get a lot of value out of today's episode. But thank you so much for joining me, Matt. Thank you for having me. Hope that can be some use to you and your listeners. Yeah, 100% will. You've already helped me so much just with little things being like, did you know that you could do this on zero? And I was like, no. Oh, yeah. Zero is the best. Yeah. It's so good. And just yeah, about claiming different things for your business. So you've definitely got a lot of really good advice. Yeah, I, th- I think half the issue with, with people is just they're just too scared to ask questions. Um, yeah. And people like me don't have any issues helping, you know. That's why we do it for a job. We actually, believe it or not, we, we quite enjoy it, even though people can't understand <laughs> how. So, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, ask. everyone should just learn to ask away and, and, and get the answers that they seek. I think so. I think when you're a small business owner as well, you get caught up thinking that you have to do everything and you have to figure out, figure everything out on your own when – especially if numbers are not your strong like strength, then you should definitely ask for help. Yeah, definitely. I can see why people are quite intimidated by it, but they shouldn't be. You know, just yeah. try to learn not to do everything yourself and, and, and ask people that, that do know what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's always the best way to go. <laughs> so <laughs> would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, sure. So um, I started off um, with an accounting degree and then I um, did my chartered accountants course, um, which was great fun, as you can imagine, working full-time and studying full-time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I worked for some, some really good firms in Perth, actually, that really um, taught me some good stuff and put me on the right path. And then after about you know, 10 years' experience in the industry, I did see some holes in the industry that I thought needed to be fulfilled and I wanted to kind of bring some new age thinking into quite a traditional and old school, you know, um, old school industry. And so I decided just to take the leap of faith and go out on my own. And it's, it's been quite fulfilling so far. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey with its ups and downs, but definitely worth it. That's so good. And how long have you been doing it on your own for? Uh, About 18 months now. 
Yeah. So um, about to hit the two-year mark coming up. So, oh, how exciting. Yeah, I know. First six months were definitely difficult and quite stressful, but, yeah, it's it's if you've got a good idea and you're committed to it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's amazing. And so now your focus is helping small businesses, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, small businesses mainly. So especially especially people you know in their twenties and thirties at the moment, you know, the rave seems to be everyone wants to start their own business. Everyone wants to do something that they're passionate about because it is so easy with things like social media now. You can start businesses and get such great exposure so quickly. Uh, the problem is though, some people are very good at making their product or advertising it but they just don't know what to do after that and how to the things to do to turn it from a hobby into a full business that you can support yourself on so yeah hopefully i can help people as much as possible with that and yeah maybe there'll be the next you know mark zuckerberg or you yeah. know <laughs> or something like that next carly jenner you never know <laughs> So what tips do you have for people thinking about starting a small business? Yeah, sure. So um, I would say normally it's an idea that starts maybe when you're driving to work or even when you're at work in your nine to five job or maybe a hobby that you already have on the weekend and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is something I can do full time. This is something that I'm really passionate about. So first of all, the thing I would suggest is people sit down and really think, is this something that I could do 12 hours a day, six days a week for the next you know, year and possibly have no real results? And are you ready to really give it a good go? Um, because it might sound really nice, you know, making, let's say, making candles on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. but, are you, <laughs> but are you prepared to do that, you know, really do that for all day, every day until you're, you succeed in it. Um, so you've got to have that passion or you're going to struggle because you don't have a director, you don't have a manager telling you what to do and keeping you in line. You are your own boss. So you've yeah. got to be, you've got to have that discipline and that comes from the passion. Um, and to have realistic expectations, you know, you're not, it's not going to be all marshmallow clouds and rainbows made of Skittles to be honest with you. Um, and you're definitely not, you're, you're likely not to be sitting on a super yacht on the Greek islands in six months yeah. drinking, drinking Cosmos because your business has suddenly taken off. So, um, yeah, have realistic expectations that you need to work hard and you know, it will, if you can get traction, it, it is fulfilling, you know, you can get that sense of achievement and self pride, but it's hard work. You know, there's, as you would know, you know, you got to work hard yeah. and there's a lot of, there's a lot of lonely days and lonely nights working when everyone else might be out enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, but you know, it's definitely something that if you're passionate about it, have a seriously good think about it and, and then yeah, get started, start, start writing things down on a piece of paper, start with small things and, and, and then, and then start growing from there. Yeah. I definitely think people have this big idea that being an entrepreneur means that you're going to be on your laptop by the pool in Bali (laughs) (laughs) cocktails when that is not the case. That's it. You see all those YouTubers now that say, this is how you make $10,000 a week. Do what I do. I have three Lamborghinis and 10, 10 BMWs, but yeah, maybe for, 
0.1% of people that works and often they probably have, they're probably trust fund babies anyway, so they didn't actually make any of the money themselves. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It needs needs to be something that you're really passionate about and something that you can also see that there is a gap in the market that you can make some money from. So it's not going to be just a passion that you think is going to make you some money, but there actually has to be a demand for it as well. Yeah, 100%. You've really got to think, okay, what's the difference here between if I do this as a hobby and if I do this as a job? You know, maybe you have a mortgage already or you might have children that you've got to support. So, you know, you've got to think, okay, if I take away my nine to five income, is this going to be able to support me? Yeah, For the next 30, 40 years. So um, have a good think about it, get some help and, and go from there. So when you're starting, what are the first things that you should do? Um, so I would say the first thing you should do is start doing the things that you can do yourself. So set yourself some goals. So those can be, um, just business goals, time goals, start writing things down on paper. So get a good concept of what your product's going to be, who your market's going to be, um, start thinking about supplies, logistics, advertising. So those are all things that you can do yourself in an afternoon. Just start plotting down on a piece of paper, um, start refining it a little bit. And then from there, that's when you should start seeking professional help, I would say. So um, it's if you're really serious about turning this hobby into a business, it's time that you start treating it as a business and there will be things that you don't know about. So don't try and do it all yourself, you know. Um, so if we use me, for example, I have no creative side to me whatsoever. <laughs> as you probably fi- figured out by now, if someone asked me to um, draw a stick man, they won't even be able to recognize what it is. <laughs> so that's why I have you and you make all my stuff look pretty and lovely and it's good, you know, the my um, viewers can can understand it and read it and it looks great. So I don't even try to do it myself <laughs> um, <laughs> or I'll just be wasting my time, you know, and I've got better things to do. I know it's best that I work on things that I know what to do and not try and work on things that I don't know what to do. And it's the same for everyone else. Everyone has their, everyone has their skills that they're good at. And then there's things that they're just not, um, unfortunately, there's just things that not everyone's good at. So seek help and, and go from there. So, for in, in case, for instance, of a new business, probably best once you've got your idea, it's time to get set up. So, reach out to some professionals depending on what area you're looking at. So, maybe it might be for advertising. You no, know, reach out to some that's in advertising. If it's for accounting and business setup, reach out to a financial advisor or an accountant um, and just start going through and seeing which people suit you the best. I agree. Like I couldn't do my own accounting. I that's why I get an accountant. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? The the time that it might take accountants to do something, it might take them an hour. If you try to do it yourself, it might take ten hours and it wouldn't be done to the same quality. Yeah. And you could spend that ten hours doing things that you're good at, like actually servicing your own clients, creating your own content, or even like doing things that you want to do, like going to the beach or hanging with friends and family, you know, don't waste, don't waste hours and hours doing something that you first of all, don't want to do. And second, probably can't do either. Yeah. You know, it's all about that opportunity cost and maximizing your time efficiency. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we're just going to pause for one second because the audio seems to be cutting out a little bit. So I'm just going to stop recording and then we'll press start again. 
Yeah. Can you just is that mod? Yeah. Is that mod cutting it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it would be doing that. I'm just going to stop. And then is, it, is it like in between when I'm saying words or is it like after? A... Yeah, I have definitely been talking to our accountant quite a lot over the last few days because I know that our bass is due, but I'm like, I don't know if we have to pay it or what. I have no idea what's going on. It's not my field of expertise. So it's definitely a good idea to get someone else that knows to do all of that. Yeah, definitely. So for sure, you should definitely seek professional help for your accounting and, and, and finances. Um, the most frustrating thing I always hear is why would I pay someone to do this when I think I can do it myself? And that is just the worst <laughs> thought process to ever have, you know. For some reason, when it comes to financial advice, everyone seems to think they're an expert because someone's, or you know, everyone's heard something from their neighbour or from a family member or over a few beers at the pub and then suddenly they've heard it and they think they understand it or they've become an expert in it, yeah. um, which is, is so frustrating. So, you know, there's things in life, there's small things in life that we will never even consider doing ourselves. So, you know, I would never um, cut my own hair yeah. because I don't know how to do it and it wouldn't work. So I go to a hairdresser and they do it for me or, you know, I, I have a passion for cars but it doesn't mean I know how to fix a car. So my car, I take my car to go get service. I don't even try and do it myself. So it's the same thing with you know, accounting and finance. Why would you take full responsibility of your financial well-being when you actually have no expertise in that area at all? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing that people think that they can get away with, but it normally comes and bites you down the road pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Even simple things, well, to me it's not simple, but for you it would be like setting up your ABN and registering for um, all of those all of those technical things that I have no idea how to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but then, yeah, people just – or just have the thought process that they can just maybe dig their head in the sand and not worry about it and nothing's ever going to happen. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. You know, these things do have to be serviced and maintained and, you know, higher authorities will ask you questions from time to time and you've got to be able to answer them. So, um, yeah, get professional help and get the right professional help as well. So how do you choose the right help? Yes, yeah, so... Um, the first tip I would probably give people is don't pick solely on price. So if you're looking at an accountant, trust me, the most expensive accountants out there aren't always the best and the cheapest ones aren't always the best value either. So you've got to really pick one that suits what you're looking for. So at the start, I think the best thing to do is not even consider price, don't even bring it into the early negotiations, you need to pick someone that you feel comfortable with and someone that you think understands your passion and what you're looking for. And then and then from there, you can start discussing prices. So um, what I would, I, I, if I was looking at to start a small business, I would uh, contact a few accountants. Normally your first meeting would be on the house, so free of charge. And then just start asking questions when you get there. So 
any question, big and small, you know, you, you may think they're stupid questions, but that's how you you feel, start feeling comfortable with someone when you start asking questions and having a general discussion on what you're looking for, what your plans are, what you want to do in 10 years' time, say, and then, you know, have a think about it for a week. And then normally the person that you feel most comfortable picking up the phone and calling at that point is probably the person that best fits what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, if you might not want to go into a huge accounting firm that's in the middle of the CBD and everyone's wearing, you know, $5,000 suits <laughs> sitting in a boardroom, you know, because that's quite intimidating for a lot of people and that's not what people are looking for. Um, you might want someone that's more flexible and will meet you down at your local cafe because you're busy and that's that's best for you and you feel best in that in that environment. So um, definitely pick on personality. Yeah. And then yeah. and then start discussing the more technical side of things after. I've definitely been burned before by having the wrong accountant. I think my parents were um, they were told to go with this accountant years and years ago and they literally have spent so much money with these people and they were just doing all the wrong things. And it wasn't until it was a few years ago, they sent me a bill for $2,000, but I was at uni, like I was working yeah. a little, only a little bit. And I actually was owed $2,000, not having to pay $2,000. Oh. Um, so that get, that was like a red flag for me. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm not using this person anymore. Like they've clicked the wrong button somewhere and this lady was so yeah. rude to me over email and she was like, no, you have to pay this. And I was like, no, 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 there's something wrong here. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And like you want, you want someone that you feel comfortable with that, you know, you can just call up on a 4 PM on a Friday and say, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm having the worst day. I can't do this. So I don't know what to do here. Please quickly give me a hand mm -hmm. or something like that. And, and you feel comfortable asking that and not, you know, someone where you'll be, 10th person in line and they'll say, okay, come in, have a meeting yeah. um, with our seven board members <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and that kind of, that kind of thing, you know, that's not what everyone wants. Some people, some people do want that, yeah. but definitely a lot of people, especially younger generation don't want that at yeah. all. And I've seen, I've seen people get very intimidated, dig their head in the sand and then just given up and said, well, I'm just going to worry about this five years down the track. And it's, you know, Prevention's better than cure, as they say. So um, it's best to get it right the first time. Yeah, and if you, then, if you set up what? your small business correctly from the get-go, it's so much easier to manage in the long oh, run. 100%. You know, um, that is probably one of the most important things, is especially with structure and entity and knowing how to operate. If you don't get it right at the start, you're kind of always going to be chasing your tail. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely get it sorted as early as possible um it might you know cost you a few dollars at the start but getting it right the first time is a lot cheaper than having someone fix it up later on because fixing is definitely more expensive than just the correct correct way at the start yeah so what would you do usually with your new clients that are small business owners yeah sure so um They'll normally contact me via email or, you know, these days it's even via Instagram now and then. And um, I'll just have a quick chat with them, maybe give them a call and see, you know, what they're really looking for, make sure 
that the services they're looking for is something that actually do provide because sometimes people get a little bit confused. Um, and then I'll just ask them how they would like to meet up. So normally I tend to go with something very casual, like maybe at a cafe near them, and then we'll just have a general chat about what they're looking for, what kind of business they're looking at operating or, or if they're already in business, how everything's going um, and just making sure that we're a strong fit together. So um, it's, it's almost not them interviewing me. I will also interview them and making sure that I'm happy to work with them and they're happy to work with me yeah. because I won't, I won't take on clients that I don't think I can – I fit correctly with and it should be the other way around as well you know they shouldn't they shouldn't um, take on my services if they don't feel completely comfortable with me as well so after you know an hour or half an hour of just general chit chat you can normally pick up a good vibe from each other and then and then start diving into the more professional things after that yeah I, I, I even do that with my own clients as well that's why it's so important to get them talking on the phone because you want to make sure that they are actually serious and that you guys do get along. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's nothing worse than having a, a professional relationship with someone that you don't like because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, if, if they, if someone wants something, they're probably going to be reluctant to ask, ask for it or um, just be a bit standoffish when, you know, possibly you can help them with something, but they're just too intimidated or don't feel comfortable asking you with it. So, um, yeah, you've got to have that that right match, and that's the same with every service in the world, really. You know, um, I think some people have an amazing relationship with hairdressers, don't they? When they yeah. go in, their hairdressers like their their weekly vent, you yeah. know, and they talk about everything yeah. in their life. So it's kind of the same thing for that as well. Um, probably the biggest red flag for me when I am sitting down with a client is or a potential client is if they want to start doing a lot of things themselves. That's that causes a lot of trouble. So if they say, you know, Matt, I want you to take care of all of these services for me, but I'm going to do half of it, and then I just want you to do the other half. Uh, that's just yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's if we go back to the hairdresser thing. That's like saying someone saying I'll do the left side of my head and you do the right <laughs> side of my head. It's just not going to work out. And often people do it to try and save money, or they don't feel like they want to get rid of, you know, gives control to someone else. Um, but it's just the way it should be. Um, it, it, it's how you can provide the best service and it's the best result for everyone at that point in time. So what would you say are some of your clients' biggest struggles when they're starting out? Um, so I would say some of their biggest struggles is they're not sure on the actual how to get started. So how do I set up? how do I set up my company? You know, what is a company? What's the difference between a sole trader, company, trust, all the type of um, structures you can have? Um, because it is quite complex and different ones suit different businesses better. So, And they just don't know where to start. So it's definitely something that you need to get professionals set up with. And then from there, probably another struggle is setting up their registrations and understanding a lot of accounting jargon. So, you know, what is GST? How do I pay GST? You know, what's it all about? Um, saying some people want to start paying wages and they have no idea how to do it. Even things like, you know, accounting software. So I use Zero a lot and I recommend everyone uses Xero. Um, and they just need help to set it up, run it. Maybe they just want someone else to run it for them, which is fine. 
and yeah just those kind of general things that are quite simple once they're done but without correct guidance you just have no idea what to do with them so would you recommend first talking to a client before just suggesting how they set up their company because i know like you were saying there are a few different ways you can set it up but it's obviously not going to be the same for every single person Oh, no, definitely not. So I know I've had a lot of clients that have been maybe in business for a year or two and they'll come to me and they'll be set up completely wrong and it will usually because their friend is set up that way. So that's the way I did it and they told me to do it that way because all these crazy reasons that don't even exist. So, um, (laughs) you know, so, you know, it's like Chinese whispers going crazy for your financial life, which is the worst thing. Um, I could never think of. So, yes, um, you do need to have a strong grasp of what the business is that someone's looking to set up and how they're looking to do business and, you know, everything to do with, you know, even things like do they have a family. That that changes what structure you're going to be into. You know, yeah. how much money do you expect to be making? You know, are you going to be paying wages? All these things are elements into choosing what structure is best for you. So you need to you need to discuss it with someone that that knows the pros and cons of each structure and then and then go from there so can you just briefly run us through the different structures just so that if people don't understand they don't know what they are yeah so the most basic one that people always start off with normally if especially if they're doing it themselves is the sole trader um, structure so um, that's just when you register an ABN in your own name and you're just you're just trading through yourself so you know for me I would be you know Matthew Vaughan Davies trading as Matthew Vaughan Davies and this is my ABN and everything that I earn um, gets allocated to me in my individual tax return so I am my own entity um, and then you go to companies so everyone always thinks that if you own a business you own a company <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, yeah, companies and businesses are different things. So a company is um, normally is when you start going to your higher end of revenue um, and there's a few pros and cons with companies that um, it completely segregates yourself from your business to give you a bit of protection. So we call it um, limited liability. Um, but then there's a lot of compliance work that comes with being set up as a as a company so usually a lot of small businesses are set up in the discretionary trust area um, which is kind of a i would call it a hybrid between being a sole trader and being a company where there are quite a there are quite a few things that you can do for tax planning wise and there's a and you can set it up so that you do have um, financial protection within your own business and it's it's quite a flexible flexible structure so usually usually i'm not saying this is the one for if you're listening this is not the one for you possibly but it's normally the the one that suits yeah most popular suits the most people in that small business area yeah yeah so i mean i don't i don't know how we're set up but that's all of that <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't exactly. know, but that's fine because as long as it works, you know that you've got better things to worry about than knowing about it. That's why you don't do it for a job, exactly. right? So, um, <laughs> if you wanted to know, you would you would um, you would be accounted for life. But clearly, that's not your your niche. <laughs> it's not. But you you have definitely helped me a lot with zero. Like that zero is a godsend for my business, and I know that for my previous business we used QuickBooks and it was an absolute nightmare yeah. um so 
can you tell us a little bit about why why zero is so good and why if you are planning on making some money any money with your business yep. you should yep. have zero sure sure so um so zero at the end day is just it's just another bookkeeping software so um it's bookkeeping softwares have been around for um for you know since the IT revolution. So at the, at the start, when you're keeping track of all your receipts and your income, it was, you know, writing old school cash books or, or you know, having that big wardrobe of, you know, receipts from Harvey Norman or JV Hi-Fi or whatever, and you're just losing track of what's going on. So you, so originally you had all these bookkeeping software where you had to manually start entering in all this information. But then Zero came along and they were kind of like the new kids on the block where they were taking advantage of um, cloud software and and the internet and linking your software to your bank accounts and all those kind of things. So, And as you know, it's just so easy to use, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's made for people. It's made for every, everyday people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can use it, anyone exactly. can use it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was almost like instead of getting a whole bunch of accountants to make software, they were getting pe- normal people to make the software for accountants. So it just made life a lot easier for everyone. Um, so essentially what the, I reckon the, the best feature of it is is that it links directly to your bank account. So let's just say that you set up a specific bank account for your business, which I recommend everyone do. It's completely essential. It will track all your income and expenses that come in and out of that bank account and then you can log on and then you can start allocating it so you know if money comes in it's income you allocate it to income if you know you've paid an expense for a new computer you allocate that to you know your computer costs and those type of things and it just gives you a good visualization of what's happening through your business financially and then you need that kind of information for lodging your end of year tax returns or your um, quarterly activity statements, all those type of things. You can pay wages through it. Um, it just makes your life a lot easier. It, and it saves you a lot of time and a lot of money at the end of the day. So, And it's flexible software as well. There's, there's different pricing points for it. So it can range from someone that's making, you know, $100 a week to someone making $10,000 a week. It's good for everyone. Yeah, and I really like how... You can track who's paid you, who hasn't paid you, especially if you're a small business owner. It sounds like such a small thing, but if you have to wear so many different hats in your business and you have to be sending invoices and then keeping track of who's paid you and who hasn't paid you and and following them up, that takes a lot of time. So zero helps with all of that as well. Yeah, it does. So I've, what are good things about it is you can create, I think as you do now, you create all your invoices and everything through Zero, yeah. and you send it off to your clients and it goes straight from the software straight to your client. And then once they pay you, then you can allocate that income against that invoice so that it just crosses them both out. And then you know, okay, John Smith has paid his invoice. Don't have to worry about him anymore. And these are the other five outstanding that I need. And you can even send reminders through it. So, it will, you know, if it's two weeks overdue, or automatically send an email to that client saying, "Can you please pay? It's overdue." Um, and it's just good for collecting collecting revenue in that way as well. And then also will remind you when you have to pay bills, yeah. um, making sure that you keep your suppliers as happy as possible as well, which is always important. Yes, <laughs> paying bills is definitely important. <laughs> you might not want to do it, but it's definitely important, and uh, yeah, people appreciate it. So definitely, especially if you're a small business. 
Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to make enemies uh, in the business world too quickly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, would you have any tips for us small business owners to manage cash flow? Yeah. So, um, there's a saying where a business can be really profitable, but if it has no cash, it's not going to be able to pay its bills. So you can have all these sales going out and you can be selling all this product, but you might not be getting paid at that point. You might be, you know, clients might say, okay, I'll pay in two weeks, I'll pay in three weeks, maybe a month. So you're making all this, these sales and no income is actually coming in, but then suddenly you've got to start paying all these expenses. So maybe for your advertising costs or your stock. So keeping track of your cash flow is really important. So, um, one thing I would always say is if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to negotiate with um, customers where you know they don't have to pay for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, you should also negotiate that with your suppliers. So ask your suppliers, look, um, can I have, um, can I have terms where you know I have days of trade for maybe forty days where you know you receive your product. Um, then you'll on-sell it and then you won't have to pay your suppliers until you receive the money from your clients. So I think that is quite essential or you can just, your, your bank account will be empty before the end of the week. So that's a, not, that's a stressful situation you don't want to be in. Um, and also, if you don't understand cash flow, ask someone about yeah. it. You know, some people right now might not even know what cash flow is. They're just thinking, what is that? What's that word that they're what saying? What is that word? Um, Tell her. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So cash, yeah, so cash flow is really just a movement of, it's really just the movement of cash through your business. So it's the physical cash coming in and out of your bank account, making sure you have enough cash to pay your bills. So, um, you know, you can, you can be asset rich, but cash poor. So um, you've just got to track your ins and outs and, and if you don't know how to do that, ask someone. Thank you. How to? Yeah, ask someone how to do it. Ask me how to do it. You know, um, you can even start running. You can run cash flow reports through zero if you if you've got zero set up, and it will tell you. Okay, every week you might be making a lot of sales, but your cash is decreasing. How is that possible? Um, is it because you're just not being profitable because you're selling your items too? cheap or is it because you're just not receiving that income in but you're sending your money out to pay bills um, all those type of things need to be looked at especially if you have financial obligations like you need to start paying a mortgage or you have loans somewhere or your car loan those type of things so you want to make sure you've got a good supply of cash coming in every week or every month to to fulfill your obligations yeah and it's good that's what a profit and loss statement is that right <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's a there's a, there's a misconception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, you can so yeah, so profits and loss can be run on a cash basis, which would somewhat track your cash flow, or on a accrual basis, which means that um, yeah, you might sell something for ten thousand dollars and not receive the cash, but on your P and L, it will say that you've made ten thousand mm. um, dollars. Have you really made it if you haven't received it? That's a that's a that's up for debate. So, um, yeah, so that's, there you go. So you might look at your P&L and think I've made a million dollars this year, but have zero, zero dollars in the bank. Where is it? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's, doesn't sound too much fun to me. That's when we need to go talk to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out where all the miss, missing cash is. <laughs> so I think a lot of people struggle 
um, I think even I was talking to you about this previously, that they just go to the accountant that say that their parents have used or that the fam like their family accountant, they go they don't go to the one that is right for their business. So can you talk us through a little bit about changing accountants and why that could be so beneficial for your business? Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, the common thing we hear is my my parents use these guys, so I'm gonna continue to use these guys. Um which is okay, like that's not the end of the world, but um, they may have been a client for 30, 40 years and what the services that they're being provided, it might not suit you. Or maybe the service that they're actually being provided is not very good, they're just legacy clients, so you know that's the way it's always been done, so that's the way it's gonna continue to be done, which is quite dangerous. <laughs> um, so um, definitely just because your parents or your friend or someone goes to this person doesn't mean that they're the best. It just means that that's who they go to. Um, maybe they, sh they should start looking someone else as well. So um, I think the thing that scares people the most, especially when they're already engaged with someone is I don't know how to change. Like, mm -hmm. is this going to affect me? Am I going to lose lots of money or is my new person going to understand me? Um, all those kind of things. And all, <laughs> and one of the things that I always hear is, oh, I'm too scared to tell my accountant that I'm leaving yeah. because I feel really bad, so I'm going to stay there, um, <laughs> which is, the, oh, gosh, you've got, to, oh, you've got to be selfish in business now and then, and you've got to think, hey, what's best for exactly. me? Um, I don't really... <laughs> I'm not really too worried if I upset someone's feelings. If if um, they wanted to keep me as a client, they should have, you know, spent more time looking after me. Um, so what I would say is, yes, yeah, like I said before, just have a quick shop around, go, go for some meetings, um, see who fits right. And then if you do want to engage with a particular person, just tell them, look, please take care of it all for me. I don't want to – I just want you to be my accountant now and I don't want to know – anything else so then the person that you um, engage with they will then contact your old accountant they will get all your information released to them and yeah it will just it's just, it's much easier and seamless than people originally think people think it's going to be this messy breakup <laughs> yeah. where you know, all, all the, you know all their files and documents are going to go missing and their life's going to change and you know all these crazy things but it's 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 normally a good thing. It will be a good thing because, you know, it's, it's changes often good. Um, it's refreshing. Um, and normally when you, when you find someone that matches you, you're going to get a better, better service. Yeah. So, um, I know that there are different accountants that also have their own niche. So it is good to find an accountant that is dealing with your specific niche because I'm sure that you would be able, you'd be more proactive rather than reactive all the time. You'd be able to have all these new ideas for them that they haven't thought of that their other accountant might be like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that because it's not their specific niche. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, let's just, we'll just use the same example of, you know, my parents use these accountants. Maybe your parents are in construction and they own this huge construction business. So they go to a an accountant that only deals in construction, but they'll take on clients, you know, they'll take on clients if there's some sort of relation and, um, and they'll just do their best. But the advice that a firm's going to give you that normally gives advice to these huge multi-million dollar construction businesses is probably not going to be exactly what you're looking for. Like you might not feel comfortable calling them up and saying, you know, how much should I price my candle at? Or yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to use zero. Please help me with it. They're probably not going to be too interested in it because they're used to dealing with clients that have 
40 staff members and have their own internal bookkeepers and their internal receptionists mm-hmm. and all those all those type of things that you don't have. So you've really got to get that match correct and early. Um, and to be honest with you, just because, you know, you've got a um, – a mutual friend or a mutual family member that goes to this other accountant doesn't mean that you're going to be getting this amazing special treatment and you're going to be getting all this free tax back that everyone seems to think that they're yeah. going to get. Or, you know, that's just not how the system works, unfortunately. There's no free money that everyone can just get if you know the person. That's <laughs> just not <laughs> – or your, fa- your family know it. That's not how the, the game works, unfortunately. You know, if everyone could not pay tax and live for free, I think we'd all be doing well, we're it. We're trying to do that right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. But they always say, what, the two things you can't avoid are death and taxes. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about some of the common mistakes and misconceptions that small business owners think or make about tax. Yeah. Okay. Um, this will be a fun one. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, there's a big difference from when you're say a salary employee and then you start your own business. So the main thing is when you're a salary employee, let's just say you're on a contract and your annual wage is a hundred thousand dollars. For some reason, people seem to think that when they look at their bank account at the end of the year, that they would have received $100,000 in their bank account. Um, that's not how it works. Oh, so, um, really? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. Um, <laughs> your em- employer would have taken money out of that 100000 already and prepaid your tax to the ATO. So normally, let's just say it would be probably around 70000 you would have physically received and the other thirty has gone to the ATO already. So then when you lodge your tax return, you have a few deductions here and there, and suddenly you're maybe getting, you know, $500 back in tax. And everyone's excited and everyone's happy saying, oh, great, I got tax back, I've made money. Well, you haven't really because you've already paid 30 and then you're only getting 500 back. So, you know, you've still paid a lot. And that's fine. That's the way the system works. So, that's okay. Um, but then when you start your own small business, you ha- you, through the whole year, you're not paying any tax. Every dollar that you receive is a dollar going in. Every dollar, sorry, that you earn is a dollar going into your bank account. So, when you lodge a tax return at the end of the year, suddenly you have to pay that $30,000 mm-hmm that you, for some reason, weren't paying when you're an employee and you're not quite sure how that works. So you're wondering, why am I having to pay tax when my friend got tax back? That makes no sense to me. Um, When at the end of the day, the amount of tax that you're paying is probably exactly the same. It's just being paid. The timing of it is different. So um, the thing I just hate hearing when I said, well, why do I have to pay when my friend got a refund? Mm -hmm. You know, completely different different situations and... um, if you've earned the same amount of money, you're paying the same amount of tax. That's how the system works. So um, there's no huge winners or loser, losers in, in the system. Everyone's on a level playing field. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my pet peeve that I hear all the time. And I have to, it takes a while for people to, to let it sink in. So um, what, what could another issue be? Um, I think especially... You know, we live in Australia. Things go pretty well most of the time. You know, we've had a good decade of um, economic prosperity. People always seem to think that if things are going well, they will always go well. So if I'm having, if I had a great year of sales, I'm going to have another great 
three decades of sales. <laughs> so, so you know, every dollar that they they earn, they think, oh, okay, I'm just going to go spend it because I know I'm going to earn the same amount of money, if not more, next month or next year. Um, and look at well, where we all are right now. It's not the case right now, is it? <laughs> it's not the case right now, is it? So, you know, if I, if I told you six months ago, Ella, this crazy virus is going to take over the world and the economies are going to shut down and no stores are going to be open and, you know, unemployment is going to skyrocket. You wouldn't have believed me. That just sounds like something from a crazy fantasy yeah. movie, right? So, um, so I tell you right now, there's a lot of people that have been earning very good money for 10 years and have zero dollars in the bank account right now because they've always assumed that things go are going well now. They're always going to go well. So, yeah. um, what is the old expression? It's like save for a rainy mm-hmm. day. Thank you. So, uh, I think that's one it's thing. It's been that a rainy month. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a rainy month and might continue to rain the rest of the year, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Um, And probably another thing that I've seen recently, especially with the whole trend of people turning their little passions and ideas into businesses, is losing track of converting their lifestyles from it being a hobby to actually now being their their business being their full-time job. Um, You can't, you can't, you know, wing it and go half into it. You're either in or you're out. Um, Or maybe they'll start selling a certain product and it's not going so well. So they'll lose interest. So they'll think, okay, well maybe I'll start selling this other product because I can, I see someone else is doing well with that. And then, Oh, that didn't work out. So I'm going to, you know, keep, 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 changing my business plan and then suddenly instead of really focusing on selling this one product suddenly you have 20 products that you haven't put much time into and they're they're no good um so you know if if you don't have a strict business plan at the start and you you're not sure about it don't start it this goes back to something i always talk about is doing your research first and so many people skip this step but it's so crucial to your business to make sure that there is a demand for your product, that you're actually solving a need and you, like your product, your service is a solution for someone. It's not just something that you think is a great idea. Yeah, 100%. So especially with the world of social media now, you see all these you know, people selling these you know, little products and making all this money from it, you know, and they've got influencers going everywhere, selling their products and all this kind of great stuff. Um, so you think, okay, I can do that. Well, the thing is someone's already doing it, right? So unless you can do it better and, and, and or a lot better, you're just going to be trying to fill a market gap that's not there because someone's already doing it and someone's doing it very well. So unless you have an idea and you know how to do the idea well or have a very strict plan on how to do it, you're just going to be wasting your time, effort, and money. You're just going to be throwing money away into something, into a dream. That's what you're doing. You're, you're dreaming that it's going to be, you know, you're going to make thousands of dollars selling this little product because you saw someone, you know, in America doing yeah. it. Or maybe, or maybe someone next door doing it. And it's unfortunately, it's just not the way it goes because you've got to treat it as a business, not just a hobby where you're scrolling through Instagram and seeing shiny things at the yeah, drain. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I'm going to try yeah. to do that. And then it doesn't work out. Exactly. Exactly. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably usually is. So um, do your research, ask around, 
And yeah, you know, you might be doing research for 12 months before you start, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, probably the longer you take, the better, as long as that 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 niche or that gap in the market is continues to stay there. That's then you know you're not really wasting your time. Yeah, and I think as much market yeah. research as you can get about your customer, who you're talking to, how to talk to them, that's all really valuable information. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, especially if you have an idea and you start asking around about it and people get excited to hear about your product, then you've probably kind of got something that's worthwhile. Um. So, I think probably one of the biggest things that you hear is that I don't know how to lodge my tax. Because, yeah. I mean, I, if, if I had to do it right now, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to do it. I, I would call you. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So if you don't if you don't know how to do something, don't try and do it yourself, please. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you if you if you just ask. And don't bury your head in the stand and think, oh, okay, I just can't be bothered doing this right now. I don't want to do it. Or you know, my friend hasn't lodged a tax return for a while, so I'm not going to do yeah. one either. Oh you know, it will catch up. It will catch up with you, and in lots of ways. So first of all, financially, it'll catch up with you. You know. You might spend all your money, and then suddenly you have to lodge five years of tax returns in one go, <laughs> and suddenly you've got to pay, you've got to pay five years of tax that you don't have. So that can set you back years and years and years of of being, you know, financially free. Um, and then also, you know, people just get the get this crazy thought process that if I hear that my friend's not lodging a tax return, I'm not going to do one either. You know, my friend gets away with it, so I'm going to try and get away with it as well. And that's all. That's all. That's all good. You know, good for you. That's you know, it's illegal, but <laughs> if that's what you want to do, that's what, that's what you want to do. Um, but you know, you might be earning all this money, and then you think, great, you know, I've earned a lot of money this year and last year and the year before, so I'm going to go buy myself a home or you know, a nice flashy car. So you go to the bank and say, look, I need a, I, I want to go get a mortgage or a car loan, and they'll say, okay, that's great. Um, where are you getting all your money from? Can you please provide us with, you know, so, so many years of financial statements or tax returns to prove your income source and you don't have any of that. So then you've got to go pay someone in one lump sum to do it all for you. Normally your record keeping is terrible because you haven't put any, you haven't either done it yourself well or you haven't asked someone to help you with it. And then they'll, you'll probably get rejected because you suddenly have this huge tax debt that you have to pay before you can get finance for your luxury items. So you're actually in a worse position than normal and it's all just on that thought process that, you know, my friend didn't do it, so I'm not going to do it. And then people get so, really upset that they have to pay all this tax. Exactly. And then they just go back into the whole thing. Well, so I've, I've had that before and the reason I was using five years is because it's fresh in my mind that I had to do this for something. <laughs> they ran a very successful beauty business and they were trying to get away with a few things and they came to me um, through um, a referral from another friend and she said, Matt, I need your help. I want to get this Mercedes, um, but I need to provide all this stuff, um, but I don't want to pay any tax. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, so what they're really asking me to do is prove that they're making lots of money, but also no money so they don't have to pay tax. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways, can you? So uh, I was like, well, you're either making money or you're not, which one's it going to be? And yes, if you want to get this car, you have to fulfill your 
legal obligations first before you can go buy your luxury items. And if she did everything by the book from day one and consulted me and I set her up with a nice, lovely plan and she said, Matt, in five years I want to get this Mercedes, how do I do it? She would have one. She would have yeah. one now. And her lifestyle would probably be exactly the same. She just probably would have been blowing her money on things without thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, which I think a lot of business owners, especially new business owners, they do that because they don't, it's like you said, they don't know any better. And yep. I'm, I mean, I'm lucky that I have bought, but he, he knows, he knows this stuff. But <laughs> if it was just me, I would have no idea. And I would be probably looking to someone like my dad. And I'm sorry, Dad, but you also have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, makes, that makes two of us. <laughs> um, yeah. But in the current economic climate, I know that there are a few things up, that, for like the stimulus package and JobKeeper and all of that, which I also don't know a lot about. But if you could explain just a little bit about what people could do or just explain it a little bit just so that the people get an understanding instead of seeing these things on the news. And I know a lot of people just tune out and don't really pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, I think this whole, you know, epidemic that's going on at the moment, you know, it's, it's financially bad, but it's also just bad for, for your wellbeing as well. You know, some people are just feeling really down about it. They feel like, you know, business isn't going well, they've lost their job and they're the only ones that are suffering and, you know, they just they feel helpless. But something that is good to think of is that everyone is in this together. Mm -hmm. Everyone is in the exact same boat for this. There's hundreds and thousands of people that have been, you know, let go from their jobs or their, their businesses have had to close and it's absolutely no fault of their own. You know, they could be the best employee or have the strongest business, but if you legally can't operate, what are you going to do? Um, so just be aware that there are people out there that can help you. Um, you know, there's people that understand what's going on. They understand all the government stimulus packages that are coming out. And it, they've done a really, in my personal opinion, you know, the government's done a really good job so far. Um, um, so the, the two major things at the moment that everyone that I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of work for, for my clients is job seeker and job keeper. Um, so job seeker, I'll just, I'll just quickly explain this because I could go into it for a long time and, uh, and, um, and it, it is a case by case situation. So, um, job seeker is really, I had a job, I was employed by someone and I no longer have it. So in, in a usual, in a, you know, in five years ago before this happened, if you lost your job, you didn't have a job, you would go on Centrelink and you'd get your small amount of money until, until you're able to get back on your feet and get another job. So that's pretty similar to what it is now, but then you've just got this additional job keeper incentive, I mean, sorry, job seeker incentive where they're just really topping that up. So you are on Centrelink, but the government are giving you additional financial support um, because they know that you you might be skilled and you might be looking for work, but it's just not out there at the moment. So, and you you probably have rent to pay or mortgage, so you need that extra help at the moment because no one knows when you can get a job back. You know, it might be a year before the particular job that you're in has available work again. Mm. I mean, that's no fault of your own. So that's job seeker, and you apply for that through. Um, your MyGov account, and then you click through to um, Centrelink. So you just got to get that set up. 
and it's I've I've gone through the process with a few people and it seems quite simple and it's quite effective so it's almost just one click of the button you registered they'll contact you and then it just happens and I think the first payments are beginning tomorrow I believe the 30th so that's that's good Um, and then you've got JobKeeper so this was kind of one that came out and then they had to change it because they rushed out and there was a few things missing um so this is for two types of people so if you're a business owner and you have employees um this is gonna this is a a subsidy that is going to get paid to you by the government and then help you pay your wages for your staff so it's keeping more staff in jobs So more people can stay on JobKeeper and continue to work than not work and go on JobSeeker. So it's good just for businesses to continue to operate, um, keep as many staff as you can. So um, it's $1,500 a fortnight at the moment. So if um, your employer has registered for it, you have to get that money. So that comes straight down to you no matter what. Um, Even if you normally earn less than $1,500 a fortnight, you will actually get Fifteen hundred a fortnight, so you, you actually might get a pay rise out of everything, so, which is crazy to think. Um, and then also, JobKeeper is good for sole traders as well. So, as a sole trader, if your um, your turnover has plummeted or you're no longer trading, you can get JobKeeper yourself. So you register on behalf of yourself, and then you get fifteen hundred um, a fortnight, depending on. You know, there's obviously limits and tests that you've got to go through, but um, it is it is available for yourself if you don't have stuff so um yeah it is good it's it's a it's a good um it's a good thing they've done it's keeping a lot of people um above above water and and continue to trade when before if this didn't come through they would have no chance um and then there's there's other things as well that have come out so um for on solely a tax thing the instant asset write-off has been increased, so it just means that instead of a big asset being getting the tax benefit over multiple years, you get it all in one hit. Um, there's, it's easier to secure small business loans for cash flow, and even and also um, you can access superannuation early now. So I think it is ten thousand dollars before. Um, the end of the financial year, and then another ten thousand dollars after. So that's if you're going through quite bad financial hardship, you can access your superannuation early. So that will keep you keep you afloat for a bit longer. Hmm. Okay. Was there something else so, about so, um, bass and? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, know, I think. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so um, so they are being good. So from for your ATO commitments, from your tax returns to your BASs to paying your GST pay as you go, all that kind of stuff, they are being very, very um, flexible. So extensions are going mm-hmm. out across the board for everything, um, even if you can't even fulfill your obligation before that extension. Um, they're providing people with, with low interest or no interest payment plans, which is – unheard of you know normally that's a great money making scheme for the ATO but they've they've even said you know look it is what it is at the moment everyone needs help in this situation so they're helping again if you that's all just too much for you to understand and comprehend call up your accountant and say look help me I need help what can I please review my situation what can I do to defer as much payment as possible um and yeah that's 
yeah, if, if when in need, always ask for help. Definitely don't spend days and sleepless nights trying to figure it out yourself because you'll probably just make yourself go crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I think we have to wrap it up a little bit just because we're going on for a, a long time, but you, you have given us so yeah. much value and I hope that's helped quite a few small businesses. If you do have more questions, then get in touch with Matt. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, first point of contact is always normally email, so feel free to email me. I'm, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll put the link somewhere so they can see my email. Um, easier than me to say it out yeah. loud. And then also through Instagram, people you know, people love to use Instagram now to contact people, yeah. so contact me through Instagram if you want, and I'll, I'll contact you as well. Um, even if so, I'm I'm located in Perth, um, but if you're located somewhere else, that's completely fine. You know, work can be done remotely as well, so um, don't feel intimidated if you're. So you, I think you're in Adelaide at yeah. the moment. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're from Adelaide and you're you're down the road from Ella, um, feel free to contact me. That's fine. <laughs> um, but if you're in Perth, yeah, there's no um, contact me. We can. Um, I would say we will catch up at a cafe, but unfortunately <laughs> that's not possible at the moment. <laughs> but uh, maybe down the line, I'm assuming that that can happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just get in contact. No questions are too small or too big, and there are definitely no stupid questions. I've heard them all, so <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Probably from me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you say we're wrapping. You say we're wrapping it up, but you'll be talking to me for the next half an hour. Ask me, <laughs> ask me. <laughs> oh, um, I will put all of Matt's contact details below and the link to his Instagram as well. So if you do want to get in touch with him, if you do have any more questions, you can get in touch with him really easily. Otherwise, you can ask me, and I'll send it to you as well. But thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. And hopefully Matt has been able to give you some insight into what you guys can do. We'll talk to you in our next episode. Bye.